Hi, this is Jay Baer of Convince and Convert Consulting, and welcome to the new Content Experience Show. Content Experience is the new content marketing. It's not only about reaching audiences where they are, but engaging them with personalized, useful content that matters. On the Content Experience Show, we share strategies, tips, and real-world examples of how leaders are taking their content marketing to the next level. Now, here's your hosts, Randy Frisch from Uberflip and Anna Harak from Convince and Convert Consulting. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Content Experience Show podcast. My name is Anna Harak from Convince and Convert, and I am here with the always amazing Randy Frisch from Uberflip. Now, today we have a very special guest on. We have Matt Zucker, who is partner with Profit, which is a digital consultancy. They work with clients. And today we talk about something that might seem a little bit odd, but is um, you're going to find out really, really critical. We actually are going to be spending the majority of our conversation today talking about about us pages on websites, so brand company pages. And um, at first blush, that might not seem really interesting, but Randy, we had some pretty amazing conversations that dove into how to do company branding, you know, what the top 100 look like, what the best ones look like, what they're doing, and how this actually really sort of affects and reflects brands overall. What did you think? Yeah, honestly, here's the truth for everyone listening. I had no idea what to expect on this podcast. Didn't know which way it was going to go. Like, don't get me wrong, Profit, they work with amazing brands like T-Mobile and Chick-fil-A and you know, Gatorade, like huge brands that we all know. But I was like, okay, is this really going to ring true? And it, I started to doubt everything that we do on our About Us page. I don't know about you, Anna, but... Well, I mean, we almost started like workshopping Uberflip almost. Like you were yeah, like, you know, know. You're like, wait... I- but we're, we had this planned and now I don't think I want to do that. Like, how can I do, you know, you started like, yeah, restructuring well, I, I don't know what you think. I, 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 we made a point in passing in the podcast that, it, that I'm thinking a lot about. And it's, it's kind of like, what's more important, your homepage or your about us page? Because, right. you know, depending on your, your company and how well known you are, we, should, we shouldn't underestimate how often someone is going to that about us page yeah. to really cut through, if you will, all the fluff and yeah. really get to the point to understand. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm wondering when the, you know, on average, how often it is that someone updates their about us page. It is really fascinating. Um, and Randy, I know that you had mentioned that, you know, you're, you're already looking at kind of retooling your about us page. I have to admit that I like your about us page for Uberflip. Um, I think it's, I think it's good. I think it's well-designed. But I got to say, I've had a lot of conversations over the years when I, especially when I was doing website redesigns and content that that about us page, I would venture to say that 90% of the people that I worked with were just like, okay, great. Yeah, that's, that's great. We have that there. It's check the box there weren't a ton of conversations that actually went into that. And it, it, it didn't seem like it was as important in the grand scheme of things, but I think Matt helped us realize just how important it really is. Absolutely. I, you know, there's some really interesting comparisons that we also go through in different strategies. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I can't remember the five off the top of my head. I'm going to screw at least one of them up unless you've got them. I think it was principles, people, product, pedigree, and performance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Phew. Uh, So (laughs) if, if, uh, if I screwed any of those up, you'll be able to listen. And if you're wondering what those five things mean, then you got to tune into the entire podcast. Here we go with Matt Zucker. Hey, Matt. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's really great to have you here. Oh, you too. Thanks for having me. 
Yeah. So um, we got to chat a little bit before the show and get to know each other, but why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself so everybody can get to know you too? Sure. Um, I'm based in New York. I am the co-leader of Profit's marketing and sales practice. If you don't know Profit, we're a global brand consultancy. And um, my areas of expertise are kind of around um, digital marketing, content and communications. And I think it's because my background is in advertising as a copywriter and in digital and direct marketing. So when I became a strategist from being a creative person, that was kind of the, the best transition I could make. So what's funny is um, I also came from an advertising background, an advertising agency background, and started as a brand copywriter. So um, immediately I have all these questions and want to dive into all of these topics with you because I so rarely find people that take that path. It's kind of funny. Um, but the thing that I really want to dive into straight away is you conducted this really fascinating research project about, about us pages on company websites, which... Um, as a content advocate, um, I think that the about us page holds a lot of weight, but it's really kind of forgotten about, at least in my <laughs> opinion, a lot of people are like, Oh, you know, it's in the footer. It's fine. It's there. But what, what did you find with this massive report? Cause you, <laughs> you looked at like a hundred different companies, something like that, like a ton. Yeah. yeah. And I've done it two of two years. So like I, um, about us pages, you know, they've been up since the early web. It was one mm -hmm. of the first pages created. People visited them. And if you look at early web traffic patterns, people actually did visit them, right? Because there was no way to access a company. There was no social. So I think they had a, they were an early hit. Um, and they've been around forever. And what I started to notice is a lot of brands, they kind of hadn't updated them. Like a lot of them looked like they were still created in like the early 2000s or late 90s, while a few other brands actually made an effort and really put some sweat into it. I mean, this is a 24-7, you know, um, billboard for your brands that's up there that you can do really whatever you want. It probably doesn't have all the pressure of transactions. So why not take better advantage of it? So we wanted to kind of look at like, why is that? And what, what could, who's doing what? And who's doing something interesting? So we started with um, just looking at the 100, like the Fortune 500, like, you know, like the, look the first, the top 100, the big icky companies. What are they doing that's interesting? Are they out of date? And then a strategist I was working with at a firm, Helen, Helen Nee, she said, why don't we actually contrast it? with like the fast company 50, with like more innovative companies and see both like, what are people doing? And is there any difference between, you know, the newcomers, right? The big newcomers versus the old classic legacy companies. It's super fascinating. So what did you find then? Like what were some of the big reveals? So the, the first thing is that you want to see it. First of all, did everyone have one, right? And what do they call it? Right. And the vast majority of companies do have about us pages. Right. And they do call it about us or they call it company info. So there was a little bit of nomenclature stuff that we were looking at. But then we started to really look under it and um, and found that, you know, about 75 percent have it primary in navigation. Like they're obviously making a big deal of it. I mean, if you're going to have one, you could put it below in the footer. You could put it in the masthead. You could put it last top right or you could put it first. So we thought it was kind of interesting. So we looked at who was prominent, who was kind of um, having it, but not, didn't make a big deal out of it, and who had it that was absent. So about 75% actually used it prominently in, in primary navigation. I, that was surprising to me. So I was like, okay, a lot of people think it's as important as I do, or maybe as of 10 years ago, you know, who knows. 25% have it, but actually hide it in the footer or somewhere elsewhere. Or maybe it's not even present. You have to dig around like it's in 
the careers page or somewhere else too, right? And only 5%, I couldn't find me, you know, of these, you know, 100 or so companies too. That's wild. I, you know, it's funny as you describe this map because I'm thinking to myself that probably nine times out of 10 when I go to a web page, I'll give the homepage like 10 seconds of my attention to try and figure out what they do. And then I'll say like, screw this. Like, where's the about us page? What do they actually do? And to your point, you know, we're maybe not prioritizing it to the way we should, but maybe the bigger question here is how should a homepage and a about us page differ? Yeah. And so we looked at the differences too, because not everyone's doing it exactly the same way. So, you know, your homepage really probably has a lot of vibrancy and dynamism and changes quite a bit. Right. But the art company page is more of a thing is, do I want to do business with these people? And if it's in the career section, right, like, do I want to work there? Is this a place I want to be? If it's, in the, you know, from an investor point of view, it's, do I want to put my money there? I think the homepage has a different kind of pressure, at least classically, of basically what's new, what's different and going on. It's a little tricky now because so many of us use mobile to access a company page where that, that mobile landing, that mobile homepage, right, is actually going to have sort of multiple purposes. But usually there still isn't about us that's separate. We did find five different kinds of about us pages. If you want to hear about those. Yeah, that was actually going to be my follow up question was like, what are actually people putting on here? Because it's one, first off, it's fascinating. I agree with Randy. I'm kind of surprised that it has that much prominence in the main navigation. So I'm curious to see if based on your findings, if that prominence is justified based on what they did on page. Yeah. Yeah. So what we found is there's about five different archetypes of, what people do on their about us page. And there's no right answer. We just found these kind of five patterns. And conveniently, Helen found each one is a P. So there's five P's. There's companies that decided to use their about us page to be very principle led. You know, that's very led by their values. Um, some are very people led, right? So it's very much up in front when you bump into them, um, you see their leadership or their culture or their faces or their team. The third kind is very product-led. Some companies like Spotify or even Google in a way, um, Everlane was another one. They led by the thing they produced, the product, and they had the making of and the specs, meaning they're just insanely proud of what they make. So what they make is who they are, right? Because each of these things are different gateways into who, who they are because it's about us too. The fourth is pedigree-led. So that's where you're led by your history. You know, we've been around forever. You know, Walmart, we started small with a single discount store, and now we're huge, you know, largest retailer in the world. So tradition, it's more of a historical. It could be very modern, too, but your, your pedigree is important. And the last one um, was performance-led, companies that are really much about, like, we're really good at what we do. It's not what we make. It's our reviews are amazing, our awards, our numbers. You'll see a lot of statistics there. SpaceX does this. They start with what they, what they do before they shift into, into their pedigree. So those were the kind of the five big P's. We found really interesting examples for each. Some, of course, blend it. They're a little bit more led by one, but they use other elements. But we thought that was interesting about what people said about themselves first in order to set the tone for, for who they are. That's interesting. So I'll confess fully that as you were describing that, I was on my About Us page at Uberflip. And I'm <laughs> I like, looked at your About Us page too. Nice. I was sitting there and I was like, okay, yes, we've got the value, the people, the product. I don't know if we got into pedigree and performance, but I bet everyone is, is doing that right now as they listen to this podcast. They've probably pulled up a tab on their mobile device just saying, okay, like which of the five 
was it five P's or did I, did I throw a yeah, there's Yeah, there's five too. And yeah, and it's funny. And it's like, and if you put something up, did you intentionally do that? Or you're like, maybe you've picked the wrong thing. Maybe you put up your people, um, but you really want to be principle led. You can mix that. Like one of my favorite is Patagonia. Patagonia, you look mm. right under the, the, you roll over the navigation and you all of a sudden you see what they are and their mission in the world. And then you also get to see their people. So they're very principle led but then people comes in quick after. And I bet that's very intentional. Well, maybe some companies are looking at their site right now and being like, oh, I put that first? I surely should put one of the other things first because that's a better demonstration of who I am. So that's a good point that you make. So even though there are five different archetypes, you didn't list them off in any particular order, correct? No. It's really about who a company is or what it is, what it wants to represent, and that sort of the best way to go forward, assuming uh, that I was reading I between so. the lines. Yeah. I mean, I think the trendy and tempting one is to be principle-led. We all want to be purpose-led brands. Mm -hmm. We want to be principle-led. And it doesn't mean it shouldn't be there. It probably should be there for every kind of company or a strong brand. But should that be first? Should that be the first signal of who you are? Is your principle? Maybe not. Maybe it should be people. Or maybe what you make is so amazing and interesting and so um, such a good um, analog for what you are that you should put that first. Or maybe you're, you're disruptive in a, in a category and you need to play up your pedigree, or just say you're, you're a brand new company and your founders come from other very accomplished companies. Maybe you don't wanna be dismissed as some startup, right? Maybe you wanna show your pedigree that you've got these people that are so experienced creating this new, this new enterprise. So you can be very purposeful and very intentional about how you play up each of the archetypes for your different business objectives. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I So the second thing after I checked out my own uberflip.com about us page is I went and checked out the profit one because I was, I was thinking to myself, all right, what's the right way to do it? But as you said, it, it really depends, right? It, it seems like you guys are very much leading with values and then getting into pedigree after that. And, and you know, the what, what do you yeah. do? It looks like you have a lot of these elements on there. Uh, how often are you a B testing this like are you are you is this a page that you would ever say you know like our homepage we said earlier I mean we're, we're a B testing our homepage all the time are you ever doing any testing or do you know of any companies that are testing these pages to figure out what works better for them I think most companies do not test them I mean we've made some shifts putting our values up on up on the on on the page for as a new as a new indication of who we are and we're a professional services firm so that makes sense you want to know who you're doing transactions with i think the companies that get the most they got to get enough traffic really you know to warrant testing those out but i think the first trick is to match them to business objectives and then maybe do that too or maybe a more clever place to do it is if you have a special about page or connection from an investors or from a careers page um, whether it's the same page or whether you're just linking to there because I think those are more measurable because you'll know are you getting more job applications based on presenting yourself as X or presenting yourself as Y. So I could see doing A-B testing for sure. I think you could come up with like a couple cool use cases of how you might best want to do that. That's, that's really interesting. I, there's a lot more to unpack here, Matt. What we're going to do, we're going to take a short break here from some of our sponsors. We'll see how they describe about them and then we will be right back here on the Connex podcast. 
Hi, friends. This is Jay Bear from Convince and Convert, reminding you that this show, the Connect Show podcast, is brought to you by Uberflip, the number one content experience platform. Do you ever wonder how content experience affects your marketing results? Well, you can find out in the first ever content experience report, where Uberflip uncovers eight data science-backed insights to boost your content engagement and your conversions. It's a killer report, and you do not want to miss it. Get your free copy right now at uberflip.com slash connex show report. That's uberflip.com slash connex show report. And the show is also brought to you by our team at Convince and Convert Consulting. If you've got a terrific content marketing program, but you want to take it to the very next level, we can help. Convince and Convert works with the world's most iconic brands to increase the effectiveness of their content marketing, social media marketing, digital marketing, and word of mouth marketing. Find us at convinceandconvert.com. We are back here on the Connex podcast with Matt. Matt, I, I got to be honest, you've got like 90% of my attention during this podcast because the other 10% is just spent going to every web property I have to see how we describe ourselves, right? And, and it's tricky because we're on LinkedIn and we're on Facebook and we're all over the place. And I, I'm wondering like your about us research, was it tied strictly to the website or could it be extended or is that version two maybe? is version two now because I think that is a great idea. I mean, I started with the web because the web is the 24 seven channel that's been around forever. And we were also trying to look for who's changed those and who hasn't. And it's a little easier to see whether you're going to use Wayback Machine or something else to know what's going on too. But we did see some patterns where we spread out from the web to see what they were doing elsewhere. And a lot of people are fairly lazy about it. I think if you go to like a LinkedIn about profile page, right, where you get to know a company, when maybe you're looking for a job or something like that. Um, you know, they're kind of very straightforward. They're a little boring. doesn't make you necessarily want to join it. You kind of have to go back to the web to do it. We saw this interesting example of, I don't know if you know the company Patreon. They're like um, a Kickstarter for like creative folks. And they had an interesting about us page. And then what we found is what they had was um, over on Medium, one of the executives wrote a piece about who they are and what their company was like from more of a personal point of view. So it made us really think about that, like the channels could kind of take a different position and the who is representing the company might be different. So the web is very much about the company as a whole, with the exception of Google. Google's About Us page is like a letter from Larry. And it's really interesting. It's sort of a letter about what they do. And it's very personal. It was one of the few examples we saw that that was that pr prominent. And it wasn't actually Google. It was Alphabet. Alphabet's about page was a letter from Larry. Um, but in the most part, over on Medium, it was a more of a personal letter. So you can kind of see that difference, that it's individuals versus maybe the mass company. Interesting. What's, what's fascinating is I love that example because I feel like a lot of brands struggle with taking their core identity and bringing it anywhere outside of the website. And then also, uh, let alone making it sort of live through an actual person. And that is a very tricky thing to do. So kudos to that company. But how do you feel like people can actually do this? Because obviously we want the, the company mission, vision, values, you know, identity, persona to live on, but it has to be able to kind of grow and stretch and change based on the situation. I think one trick is to figure out how to balance the, the Uber story for it and then figure, you figure out specifics that could be proof because people want proof, right? They're, we're experience driven. 
we want to, to believe it, not just hear it. So it's more about, it's more than messaging. So one way to do it is, you know, if you spend the time working on who you are and what you believe and what you stand for and why you exist, maybe that sticks around for a while. Maybe you adjust it every now and then. But if the proof points, the examples, the stories, whether it's customer stories or facts or anything, if that could be more dynamic and more interesting and more alive, I think that would be an exciting way to mix both worlds, be real-time relevant as well as kind of be, be stoic and have a strong point of view. Yeah, I'm, I'm a massive fan of show Don't Just Tell. Um, I think that's something that is really missing, especially when it comes to brand personality and brand profiles. And, you know, it's, it's one thing to write, you know, a funny headline or a snippet, but then to actually live it and embody it within every piece of content. Yeah. You have to show it. You can't just say that you're principled. You have to show how you're principled too. Yeah. It's super it's, fascinating. It's interesting. We're, I mean, we're in the midst of a project right now on my team where we're trying to figure out how we describe what we do. Right. And, and it became this big debate, like, do we make a product video or do we make a kind of about us video and what we stand for? We're, we're trying to kill a million birds with one stone with this thing in the end. But I, I'm sitting here thinking, OK, well, what video should we should we show, if you will? What story should we show on the about us page? Is it that same video or is it a very different story? Yeah, so I, two different answers for you. One would be the traditional thing to do is the About Us video, who we are. We've all seen them up there. Sometimes they're really, really incredibly boring and generic. Sometimes like a good airline video for like a safety video, they can be amusing and interesting too. An alternative would be um, our founder, David Ocker. I don't know if you know him. He's like the, the father of branding. He's a really prolific writer. One of his most recent books last year was called Signature Stories. And his idea was that you would not just look for your one big story, but you want to look for many stories that really embody who you are or illustrate what you do. They're almost like living, breathing demos of what you are. They could be, and they're great for customers. They're great for employees. They're great for people. So, I mean, one, one thing I would suggest maybe is consider doing a few stories that embody what you do through like real stories of customers or employees or something or narratives um, and don't try to do one, but do, do a few, but they're enough for me to get a sense of, Oh yeah, I get it. I get how that works. So in terms of um, actually being able to translate brand stories and translate brand identity, which by the way, Randy, kudos to you guys for, I mean, that's a, that's a hard um, thing to undertake and everybody out there who's trying to figure out, you know, their, their brand positioning and, and their brand identity and even just about who they are. That is a really difficult task. Like I've been a part of several of those projects and, you know, both for my the companies that I've worked for and then other clients when I was on the agency side and it is not easy. Um, but Matt, how would you, you know, even just a few key takeaways, how do you feel like people can start to even just figure out their brand identity and really start to get on that path to describe articulately who they are and figure out how they want to position themselves? You know, is it the typical, like you have to have, you have to start with your mission and why you exist and then your vision on where you want to be in five, 10, 15 years. And then, you know, your brand pillars, like do you have to have those traditional things or is there a more light way to do it? How do you best recommend it? I think those doing those elements like you described, starting with, you know, what you believe in, what's your what's your purpose in the universe, and then therefore why you exist, um, is a really really practical thing to kind of pause and do. And I think that could be a three hour conversation or a three month journey, you know, depending on how you want to do it. 
um, some people, some clients we find already have a running start on that. They just haven't codified it. Others have really never thought about it, and you're really starting from scratch. Sometimes there's competing visions, so you kind of need to do the exercise just to get that kind of alignment. And then I think one thing I would do is right after the what I believe and why I ex why we exist is go one level deeper, and, and that is kind of into your um, your principles or your experience principles. Basically, it's the th it's like the three or four things, the way in which you do that, like what you deliver. And those aren't products and services, but those are more the experience principles or the belief principles, but it's more the the how. And it's all your proof points, what they ladder up to. And I think that's really good proof and pudding because some of those could be very aspirational, like things you hope to do in the next couple of years, but you've kind of started to do, so you've got a little bit of cred there. And then some of the things could be things you're just really, really good at and known for already, but it's not enough to be to lean into the future. Yeah, I, I first off, I, I love everything you're hitting on here. One of the books that I read a, a while back, and what if you if you're not a book reader, you can watch this on YouTube, is Start with Why. Uh, the Simon saying it's it's such a good book and framework. We actually use that to establish why we exist and how we do it and the what and everything around that. And, uh, you know, I, I think it really helps. It's interesting as you described and with that 10% that was ignoring you through this, I went and I went and pulled up Google's about page, like you suggested, I found their, you know, their description of what they're about is they say our mission is to organize the world's information and make it universally accessible and useful, which is such a simple description of everything that I think of Google for, but I probably would lead, you know, perhaps with more product or more pedigree or performance, you know, versus realizing just what is their vision and mission about. So I, I think it's this practice can actually help guide our company as, as you're pointing to us and help people buy into that company in a big way. So this is, this has been a ton of fun. Uh, I, I really enjoyed this, Matt. What we want to do though, before we fully let you go and let everyone listening go is keep you around um, and get to know you a little bit right after a little short break here on the Connex podcast. Hey everyone. I wanted to take just a few seconds today to talk to you about Emma. Emma is an email marketing platform that helps you connect with your audience and grow lasting relationships. They're awesome. They offer really intuitive tools to build and automate emails with powerful segmentation and reporting too. And the big difference is they're focused on you. Between their award-winning support and their pro services team, they make sure every customer has success with their email marketing. Seriously, they are amazing. You can learn more and request a demo today at myemma.com slash J is awesome. Again, that's myemma.com slash J is awesome. All right. We're back here with Matt and, and Matt, we just did a whole episode on the about us page. So, you know, I feel like half the listeners who listen to this podcast probably know where I'm going with this personal get to know you question, but let's figure out what your about us page would look like. Uh, you know, I'm sure you've done this exercise because if you've written a whole report on this thing, you know, you gave us those five P's. What would be your first two P's for yourself? And, you know, what would they look like? How would you, how would you kind of describe yourself in that way? Yeah, I got to use my own, my own medicine, right, too. So <laughs> I, I guess, you know, as much as we all want to be very value-led and principle-led, I don't go there intuitively as the first thing I would put up. I probably would put it somewhere, but I probably wouldn't start with it. I tend to start with 
my history. I've really I spent a lot of time writing about, thinking about the the arc and the trajectory of like a career and a person. So I'd probably lead with pedigree. You know, I'm a you know I'm a strategist now, but I was a copywriter then, and I also moved from the city to the farmland. And uh, sense of story or narrow arc is very important to me. So I would definitely lead with that. I probably would get quickly into like what I make or what I do pretty quickly because as an ex-creative person, well, as a creative person, but as an ex-creative director, I tend to be obsessed with portfolio and what, what I actually make or have to show for it. So that would be my, my first two. That's interesting. You know, it's funny. I, I, and I wonder if you ever do this. I, I interview a lot of people for jobs and, and, you know, who want to perhaps join us or, or looking for careers and just advice. And I often say to them something like, tell me about yourself, right? Like I'll just open up with that. And I'm very specifically broad with that question. Yeah. And I, and I find it interesting those who go right into their career path versus just tell me something about yourself, right? Like tell me about the things that you do on the weekend. You know, so it's true. They all feel obligated to start with the beginning to the end. Yeah, it's so like I've got to find a way also not to bore people from where I started <laughs> at the beginning of the time and start with the headline. Like, how do you write in headlines or talk in headlines? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, this this has been great, Matt. I, I really enjoyed this. You know, maybe you can give us one page that we can go to to perhaps get this report that you talked about today, or just learn more about profit. So the report's not out yet. You're the guys are the first to hear the initial results. You might be shocked to say. I'm going to give a few more at Emerge Americas in Miami um, soon. But um, if you follow me on Twitter at Matt Zucker, I'll be kind of releasing the report also on my LinkedIn page too. So look me up. It's Matt Zucker with one T. Um, and I'm at profit.com, you know, P-R-O-P-H-E-T.com. So the report will probably get published on a blog page there. Amazing. This has been a ton of fun. This, this one really pushed me to think about our own company at Uberflip. Uh, you know, and I'm sure you're going to go talk to Jay and talk about the CNC homepage at some, or about us page in totally. the homepage soon. Uh, Matt, we thank you for that. And hopefully everyone listening got challenged today. Please continue to, to tune into this podcast to get that challenge on a weekly basis. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. And when you can, leave us some feedback. Until next time, this has been the Connex Podcast. This is Jay Bear, and thanks for listening to the Content Experience Show. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentexperienceshow.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. That's contentexperienceshow.com. The Content Experience Show is sponsored by Convince and Convert Consulting and by Uberflip. It's produced by my team and I at Convince and Convert. If you're interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show, just go to convinceandconvert.com.